Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Last week, we spoke about Catholic art and how Mary is depicted in many different depictions and paintings and all over the world in many different art museums. And another way in which we are able to honor the Blessed Mother is especially through song. And when we go to Mass on a Marian feast day, we often will hear Immaculate Mary, Sing of Mary, or Hail Mary, Gentle Woman. Two of my favorite Marian songs happen to be Oh Holy Mary by Owen Allstott and then also Mary, Woman of the Promise. Those are two little lesser-known Marian hymns, but nevertheless, I like them and enjoy them, and I think they convey a beautiful teaching about the Blessed Mother. And there are lots of contemporary artists, Catholic artists out there, who have written singles about the Blessed Mother, and today I'm very happy to be speaking to one of those artists. Her name is Sarah Hart, and she is one of the leading figures in contemporary Catholic music today. In October of 2013, she had the deep honor of performing for Pope Francis and a crowd of 150,000 people in St. Peter's Square. And she is a Grammy nominee and a BMI winner, a Mark Award winner for TV, film, and music, and the list of accolades go on and on. And her music has also been recorded by many artists, including Amy Grant, Celtic Women, Matt Marr, and the Newsboy. So thank you so much, Sarah Hart, for joining me today to talk about your new single, Mother Mary Pray For Us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be here with you. And I think one of the first things people always are curious about, you live now in Nashville and you are a recording artist. You travel across the country, you sing songs, you perform for the Holy Father. How did you get your career started in singing? Well, it's as much a mystery to me as it is to anyone. <laughs> I uh, I grew up singing. I grew up in southeastern Ohio um, and my family was extremely musical and my mother was a part of a lot of different music groups and um, that of course includes music. So, and in that day, and in where I grew up, you know, church music was very much um, guitars and singing and mandolin, and um, we brought basically the the culture of our people into church with us. And so, um, so worship for me was always very tied to the kind of music that I loved as well. So, I really feel like I got started there. Um, and as I grew, my love for music grew, and it wasn't really my intention to be a musician or an artist. Um, I really, when I was in high school, wanted to be something different. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be a pediatrician or an archaeologist. Those two fields really interested me. And uh, my band director and I were having a conversation one day, and I, I told him what I thought I wanted to do with my life. And he laughed at me, and he said, there's no way. He's like, you're going to be a musician because this is the gift God gave you, and you're not going to be able to help yourself. So so that's what I did. I went to music school, and I moved to Nashville right out of college. And um, um, with the intent of just being a songwriter, I just wanted to write songs because I love to write music. Um, the artist thing, I would say, happened very accidentally, very accidentally. And, and the path that God carved for me wasn't really the path that I originally intended to have. But um, but here I am all these years later is grateful. And now I'm able to kind of tell everybody, you know, um, God is a God of surprises. So <laughs> step back and just let him surprise you. And uh, the doors that are open to you walk through them. And the doors that are closed in your face go around the other way. 
So you live down in Nashville, and I'll tell you, I went to Nashville for the first time this year. I absolutely enjoyed it. I love hearing the live music in different places where you go out to eat. Uh, it was such an enjoyable experience. I can't wait for my next visit down to Nashville. Now maybe I'll send you an email and, and perhaps we can oh, get together. Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, let's go grab a cup of I know all the good places. Uh, I, I'm wondering, what is it like down there in Nashville, living there? And you're working in the music industry. You like writing. Has Catholic music always been really who you were? Or have you dabbled maybe in secular writing as well? How are you received as a Catholic uh, person in this area down in Nashville? Yeah, that's a great question. It's really changed. Um, you know, I've been here a while. I've been here now almost 30 years. And when I first moved here, um, my heart was really to do Christian music. I just loved writing Christian music. Um, and when I came down to Nashville, um, to be quite honest, I was not a practicing Catholic. I was actually, I, I was fresh out of college and I had kind of gotten away from the church in college and come back my senior year you through a non church So my first two years in Nashville, I spent as a non-denom. And then about two and a half years into my time here, um, actually about six months into my, my marriage, um, I felt very strongly that God was calling me back to the Catholic Church. And so I went and I what I found and what I discovered at that time, and you know, again, that's 30 years ago, is that there was a lot of animosity towards Catholics in the music industry and definitely a lot of uh, discomfort, um, a lack of trust, a, a lot of, um, you know, not wanting to exactly welcome Catholic artists, if I can say that. And some of that still exists today, although I do believe it's getting better, um, better by the week, actually. You can almost see it happen with more companies now being open to Catholic musicians and signing Catholic musicians. But when I first started out, I, I have to confess, it was extremely difficult to be a Catholic in this industry, extremely difficult. And one of the big names in Christian music is Matt Marr. And uh, yes. in your bio, you apparently wrote something maybe that he sung, or and there are other people like Amy Grant or Celtic Women. So yes. uh, is that what happens? You write a song, you pitch it to them, they kind of put it to music, or what's that process like? So that process is actually, um, and you know, I should say what we just talked about a second ago, that for the most part, publishers who are responsible for songwriters they don't really care they've never cared <laughs> they don't care what faith you are you know do you love god can you write a good song that's really what it's all about so um you know so so the publishers and the writers themselves are people who generally do not have not met the catholics with animosity and i want to i want to put that on the record um but yeah so the, that process looks like basically me sitting in a room writing a song by myself or writing a song with another artist, another person. So actually, um, Matt and I have written a couple times, and I, I have a song that he and I wrote on my recording, and he, we wrote on his recording. So, you know, that looks like um, artists sometimes getting together to write. But it also looks like just songwriters getting in a room and writing a good song and having the publisher pitch it to different artists for them. So usually when a song is quote unquote pitched to an artist, it's already done. It's already completely melody and, and chords and lyric are already done. And so we just send a demo recording and hope that somebody loves it as much as we do. And so your name would be in the liner notes. Would that be right? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. 
So you recently wrote a new song and you sing it and it's called Mother Mary Pray For Us. It's a very beautiful, I think it's three verses if I counted correctly. Yes. And obviously to write a song about the Blessed Mother, it has to come from a place of devotion. Like you just said, you know, some of the Christian music artists and recording companies are like, well, do you love God? Can you write a good song? And so obviously you love God, you love the church, and now you love the Blessed Mother so much that you wanted to put this little prayer to music. So what's your devotion to Our Lady look like? Yeah, I'd actually love to tell you a little bit about that journey, um, if that's okay. When I was in elementary school, I went to a school called St. Bernadette, and every morning, we were a very small school, a little rural town, very small school. I think there were maybe, I don't know, 30 kids, 40 kids in the whole school, maybe, tiny. And every morning we would gather around a statue of the Blessed Mother and pray a decade of the rosary. And so from a young age, I always had just a very personal, sweet devotion to Mary from the time I was little. And in fact, we lived right across the street from the church. And I used to all the time sneak into the church because I knew which door Father kept open. So I would always go over there and I would sneak into the church and I would just sit at Mary's feet and I would sing to her as a little kid. I would just go over there and I would sit in church all by myself in front of Mary and just sing to her. So my devotion started early there, but um, I have the, the traditional Irish Catholic grandmother who dragged me to rosary as often as it happened. So, <laughs> um, But, you know, as I grew and I got older and I sort of fell away from God and um, fell away from the church, so too kind of went my Marian devotion. And I, I tell this story about being in college with some friends and we were out uh, for for an evening meal and we started talking about faith and our faith traditions and how we grew up and I was talking about my Catholic faith and and Mary and how I grew up and um, none of my other friends were Catholic and one of my friends said how can you like how can you guys like devote yourselves to Mary she's such a doormat you know and and I walked away from that dinner and that is what I took with me that that thought of Mary as a doormat just stuck with me and I couldn't get it out of my heart and my mind for years. And I was like, you're right. You know, she, she was kind of a doormat. She just sort of did whatever she was told and just did this thing. And like, you know, everybody walked all over her, her son died, her like, you know, so I, I kind of had a little bit of a, a, a time in my life when my image of Mary was, was a bit askew. And, uh, many years later, my grandmother was dying and I flew down to Florida to visit her and the, when I walked in, I knew she was only a couple days for this world. And she she had a very big Marian devotion. Um, and so I called my mom and my aunts and I said, now's the time to fly down here if, you know, y'all need to get down here. So all four of us, my mother, her two sisters and myself, sat on my grandma's bed and we all just held the rosary and prayed the rosary a thousand times. We sang every song we could think of, several Marian songs, you know, and it was in that moment I know this is a long story, but it's important. It was in that moment that I saw for the first time that Mary was absolutely not a doormat, but rather a tower of strength because the strength that required to raise a child who was God, <laughs> the strength it required to say yes to the Lord, the strength that it required to watch him suffer and to stand at the foot of the cross and to literally watch him die and hold him in her arms the over and over and over again i saw her in these in these moments with my mom and my dying grandmother i saw the blessed mother as this tower of strength that i hadn't before and so i think at that moment my devotion to mary was truly rekindled and then i became a mother and it was almost like a full circle thing where 
um, not just my devotion to her, but sort of my dependence on her um, in prayer really shifted uh, as a mom. So it's it's been a good journey. And I, I always say about faith issues, you know, when people struggle or have trust issues with faith, I bless those times that I spent away. I thank God for those times because it only makes the, the coming back strong so that's your story of marrying devotion and it's beautiful because i think so often our grandparents are the ones who kind of instill that we've seen them pray and everything of that nature they've taught us the prayer we've prayed with them and and so it's very beautiful i know for me my marian devotion came from my grandmother so uh, i can really yeah. resonate with that and obviously then if you have a marian devotion and as you rekindled it well sometimes you want to do something you know to honor the blessed mother for me i've written several books about the blessed mother including my latest which is the title of this podcast how they love mary and so that book is 28 inspiring stories about people and their marian devotion saints or people that should be saints. And for you, it was really to sit down and to write this song, it seems. So what motivated you to write this song and why right now? Why this time in your life? I think a couple of reasons. The first one being, I, I wrote this song uh, just about a year ago when my youngest child went to college. And that's a big hole. <laughs> and that's a big hole that unless you have had children in your house for 22 years, and then all of a sudden you don't. Um, it's a very scary place to stand. And so for me, I found myself um, begging for Mary's prayer a lot for my children. So she was fresh on my mind a lot. But the other part of that, honestly, was just, um, you know, having to constantly, constantly talk to my children Um who are very smart, lovely young women about the woes of this world and the evils of this world and, you know, violence against one another, gun violence, violence against women, hate with between political parties and all of the many things that we deal with. I really just wanted to write a song asking Mary to pray for us, to bind us together as people, to help us to see how we are all, um, brothers and sisters and children of God and beloved. And, um, the, you know, honestly, the world really is a mess. And I think especially for our younger generation, it's hard for them to focus on anything but the fact that the world's a mess. So to have a song that, that says, Mary, please pray for us. You know, we know we're the children of Eden. We know we're born to wander. That is what we do. But draw us together, bind the nations, heal the nations. Um, that's really all I wanted to do was just ask her to pray, to pray for my children, to pray for everybody's children to pray for this entire world. I'm curious, how do you go about writing a song? For me as a writer, and sometimes, you know, I write these different pieces for online websites, and so you get, in a sense, an inspired phrase, and I have a whole notes app full of phrases of things that I want to include in something mm. I write or whatever. And right. for you, for your song, you know, I, I really see three things or three movements. There's titles of Mary, you know, Mother Mary or Help of Christians. I really like the title Friend of Sinners. That's a yes. nice one uh, because yeah. that's who we are. We're sinners and we need a friend who will pray for us. So you have titles, you have petitions, so kind of the ways mm -hmm. you want Mary to pray for us. And then I thought it was very beautiful at the very end of each verse. It was, in your mercy, in your kindness, in your wisdom, pray for us. And yes. I just thought it, it was very beautiful, catchy, everything like that. So 
when you wrote this song, did you have a notepad and think of titles of Our Lady you wanted, petitions you wanted, and then somehow you were able to put it all together? It's really fun that you that you picked that up. Thank you for like reading the lyric and like noticing that because yeah, I the the I have always loved the title of Mary, and I I love the titles of Christ too. Like I don't know what it is about it, but I love I love titles that we've given you know um, to saints as well. You know, uh, like Mary Magdalene, Apostle to the Apostles. What a great title! You know, we just had her feast day, um, but I I do love the titles. And so before I wrote the song, I knew I wanted to write it, and I just went and I read the list. I just read down the list, and I sort of like picked the ones that really jumped out to me. And you're right, Friend of Sinners was one that absolutely jumped out to me. And Seat of Wisdom was another one that jumped out to me. What does that mean, Seat of Wisdom? Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to incorporate some of the titles, but more than that, I wanted to incorporate the sensibility of emotion. Um, so that's why you have the In Your Mercy and In Your Kindness um, and In Your Wisdom, because Mary was, after all, human, and she felt our emotions, and she knows how it feels to be here in this broken world. And so to pray for us powerfully, she understands what that means. Uh, what is your vision for the song? Obviously, it's recorded. People can probably, we'll talk about this next, how they can listen to it. But uh, people can listen to it, obviously. They can pray with it as they listen to it, just as I have a few times uh, in preparation for our interview. But do you envision it maybe being distributed to churches and local musicians will play it themselves using the sheet music? I guess, what's your hopes for the song? Yeah, I definitely hope people will take it to prayer. Uh, I hope that it will be something that they can just pop on their phone and, you know, plug into their car and drive in their car and listen to and just have that calming presence and that that moment of quietude with Mary. I, I always hope that. I do a lot of listening to music in my car <laughs> because I'm always in my car, as a lot of people are, especially as a lot of moms are. So I do hope that. But, yeah, when I'm writing a song like this, when I'm always thinking of liturgical use. Uh, the company that I write for is very much a liturgical publisher, and so I'm always considering how a song can be used. And so we have so many Marian feast days in the church, and of course, really the entirety of the month of May. Um, and so I wanted to just make sure we had something that, that could be another addition to our already great repertoire of, of Marian songs. And part of the thing for me, I love to write modern hymnody, so I wanted it to feel like a hymn. Um, you don't have to worry about learning a chorus or learning a bridge, but rather it's just three verses of an, a simple melody that is easily caught on by the congregation. That's always important to me as a writer. I have a very talented music group at my parish, uh, both both of our masses. And so I hope and intend to, you know, share the song with them and maybe to hear it sung even at my own parish. So when that happens, I'll let you know. But um, Wonderful. as we're talking about songs and hymnody, there are lots of Marian songs. I opened mentioning a few of them. Mm -hmm. For you, what Marian hymn that's kind of part and parcel of our Catholic song tradition do you appreciate the most? I have always had a heart for Sing of Mary. I just I think part of it is because we we sang it when I was a child so much and it's got this little lilting Appalachian la -da 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 -da. like it's just got this beautiful little sweet melody and um and the the lyrics are just lovely and and I always liked to I think 
as a kid, you know, my approach to Mary was that very innocent, sweet approach. And I think there's something about that song that just harkens me back to my first love, you know, of her. Yeah, that's a very beautiful song. And in fact, um, I think there might be four verses. Typically, songbooks only put three, but the idea was was that each verse kind of corresponded to the rosary mysteries. So you had the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful, and the yes. glorious mysteries. So your song, Mother Mary, Pray For Us, is coming out on July 29th, and you're working with OCP on this. Now, how can people listen to it? Will they be able to go to Spotify and type in your name or download it through Apple Music or what's the the outlets for people to listen to this song and begin praying with it? Yes, absolutely. We are everywhere. Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you find music. And all you need to do is type in Sarah Hart. I personally highly recommend Apple Music, <laughs> uh, mostly because they are the fairest, um, the fairest payment for musicians. So I always recommend Apple Music to people. Um, but yes, you can find it there. You can also go to ocp.org uh, and they will also have sheet music and you can listen to the MP3. I believe that you can order the MP3 through Amazon. So, And actually, uh, if you just send me your information after this, I'll make sure you get some sheet music for your parish. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm old school, so I actually go on my phone into the iTunes store, and I, like, download and pay a $1.29 oh, or whatever Thank for the you. Song. As so, a musician, <laughs> thank you. That is the most we will ever make from anything. So thank you for doing that. That is the primo way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have a few other Catholic uh, music friends, music artists, and uh, yeah. one of them, she recorded a Divine Mercy chaplet. So like every day at three o'clock, she'll go on her Spotify and she'll listen to her Divine Mercy chaplet. Aww. Because as she's listening to it, she's also getting, you know, whatever royalty <laughs> from it as well. She's literally making tens of pennies from that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But think about it, 365 days, you know, it, exactly. it all adds up, I guess. So. It does. It does. So yes, yes. We always tell people we appreciate anything as long as it's legal. <laughs> Just listen legally. <laughs> well, I already have fallen in love with Mother Mary Pray For Us. If people want to learn more about you, do you have a website out there where they can learn more about the music you've written in the past as well? Yes, sarahhart.com, S-A-R-A-H-H-A-R-T.com. And I travel extensively, so chances are wherever you live and are listening to this, I'm going to be in your area at some point. Great. And are, are you on social media too, or is that not yes. a place you find yourself? Oh, no, absolutely. I am on Facebook at Sarah Hart Music Official, and that's probably the number one place I tell people to go. I post a lot of prayers, a lot of music videos, a lot of stories. Um, so that's my favorite place. I'm also on Instagram at Sarah Hart Music. Um, don't even bother with Twitter. I hate Twitter. It just—it's an awful place where it's people Twitter's are. Twitter is where I have my most followers <laughs> and most interaction. <laughs> so that's really funny. yeah uh, yeah. Uh, I just find it so hard because people are so mean on Twitter. It's difficult for me. So, but but you're right. I mean, I probably need to be a little better about it. <laughs> Maybe one more question uh, that just came to mind. Uh, there are lots of different Catholic artists out there. I can think of a few like Kitty Cleveland or Donna Corey Gibson. And out of, you know, kind of all the different musicians out there right now that are singing Catholic music, are there any that kind of inspire you? That's a big question. And the honest, true answer is that everyone inspires me. Every single one. 
uh, I think that in order to do Catholic music, first of all, you have to have such a heart for ministry. Um, and that is not an easy thing. As you know, a heart for ministry can be a very big challenge in a person's life. So first of all, you have to have that. But second of all, I think this is something that a lot of maybe listeners often think about with music, but you have to have an incredible heart of bravery to write your feelings and put them on a page and stand up and sing them in front of people. I mean, you're literally just bearing your soul. So uh, the heart of courage for our musicians is something so beautiful. And I really encourage um, your listeners and listeners everywhere, please find Catholic musicians. There are so many wonderful ones. We are out here. We are doing it. We are working for the church. And um, and please seek it out because, uh, you know, we, we really do... We really do want to share what God's given us to share. So I'm inspired by everybody who does it, everyone. Well, that's a great answer. And you don't single anybody out. So that's even better <laughs> probably too. So, well, this has been such an enjoyable conversation. And I really do hope people will pray. Mother Mary, pray for us, your new song, and find it uh, wherever they listen to music. Thanks so much for joining me today, Sarah. Thank you so much. And I hope I'll see you. I'll be up in Wisconsin a couple times this year. So I hope I'll see you. Oh, well, I'll definitely have to take a look at your schedule then and see uh, if I can make it work. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes, and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.